likely that when we are losing a loved one or remembering someone dear who is gone, that we have conflicting feelings. There's love and sadness mixed with gratitude and anger. There can be shame, pride, frustration, loneliness, and fear. This strong combination of feelings comes to bear and we try to handle things without our loved one's help. We can feel deeply alone. We ask, what would they do in this situation? What would they say to make me feel better? And in their absence, we try to find new ways to bring their spirit and ideas back to life. As my mom seeps deeper into advanced dementia, I often have these moments. Moments where I feel longing and grief. But pulling on that grief is this upswell of another feeling. It's gratitude. Grief and gratitude together. Grief that I no longer have my mother to help with the day-to-day ways that I get through life gratitude that I had her for so long. All the rich memories. The grief gives way and then I remember that I have this deep respect for her. I remember that I can cherish. And no regrets pervade this feeling, only pride and love. The tears come on for sure, but there's this gift, a deep knowing that I wouldn't want to be anyone else's daughter. So sadness and love come on together. Grief and gratitude do their dance. I'm Jill Hodge, writer and host of Let the Verse Flow, a bi-weekly personal growth podcast where I share my special mixtape of stories, poems, and music that's designed to help you turn your struggles into strength. It's a new brand of self-improvement. The opinions I express here are my own and not a substitute for professional help. If you need someone to talk to, please reach out to a mental health professional. Now, sit back and relax and listen to my reflections from the bright side of the beat. As we approach the holidays, many of us know that chaos will come too. A symphony, a strange symphony, sometimes not so sweet, of emotions will come to call. Mixed in with the cranberries, the family meals, and the gift giving, there can be joyful times, but there can also be mixed in with anger and sadness and even guilt and shame. A whirlwind of emotions can sweep us up into the air. And when that happens, many of us look for a way to ground ourselves. Sometimes it's with the twin emotions I want to talk about today. Grief and gratitude. Oh, life is stranger than fiction, my friend, and emotions come in strange little couplets. So recently I was happy to take a few days off from work and putter around the house. I'm writing, I'm listening to music, and I'm doing some chores, the chores I've put off for a long time. And one of them was sifting through my mom's things, things that I had moved from her house to mine about more than a year ago now. And I just couldn't throw away or donate these items. You know, what's left of her stuff 
are all the mementos and cherished items that she and we enjoy together. So concentrated in this cluttered little, you know, corner in my dining room are her things. And many of you know that she lived with me for eight months, and I thought eventually she'd go back to her apartment. But as her dementia uh, developed more, she really could not stay in my home anymore, and and I couldn't care for her. And so I moved her to an assisted living uh, facility, um, which she loves. But I had to move all of her things from her apartment and and sift through them, and it it was really challenging. I've talked about that on, on past episodes. But really, so this, this in this cluttered corner in my dining room are, the, are her things, and I don't want to go near them. I'm not at the stage where I really feel safe touching them. And if you, you know, if you've gone through this, you know what I mean by safe. You know, you know that you're that you're going to cry. You know that you're going to get emotional when you touch this stuff and you look at it. And I don't particularly want to do that on my days off from work. But I know that I want the house to be tidied as my daughter's coming to visit for the holidays. So I'm already a bit conflicted. You know, my mom has advanced dementia, so I can't talk to her about these feelings. So I putter around some more and then finally decide that I feel strong enough to get in there. And you go to the corner and I open the first box and realize instantly that I'm deluding myself. Here come the feelings, deep feelings. And I've just touched maybe the third item in the box. And strangely, the item, it's a fingertip pulse oximeter. That's what brings on my feelings. Yep, it's this small box that had an oximeter in it, which my mom used to use to measure her oxygen levels. During the height of COVID, we'd read that oxygen levels were an indicator of health. So we got one. And after COVID, when my mom started to have her strokes and moved in with me, I take her blood pressure and oxygen every day. So I've used the exometer many times, but I had tossed the little box that it came with inside this bigger box. And so now I'm looking at this little oxometer box and I notice something. It wasn't really the box. It was what was written on the box. In my mother's beautiful, round, but sort of failing handwriting, she had written... Jill, don't open this box or handle it. COVID, question mark. And it had a date on it too. It was the wrong date, but a date that didn't really make any sense. And then on the other side of the box, it read, quote, it's inside this box. I started crying immediately. Stopped what I was doing. Cue the tears. I had only made it maybe five minutes into my cleaning. You see, when my mom had her first stroke, she didn't know what was happening to her. She had these small hemorrhagic strokes, and it made her confused and unsteady, but not completely out of it. Perhaps a few days after her first stroke, I'd gone to visit her because I hadn't gotten a call from her in a few days, and when I did call her, she hadn't picked up the phone. And the neighbor called me to say that they had seen her and she wasn't making any sense. Um, So I went straight over and found that she was very confused and frightened. And we went to the ER and that was sort of the beginning of her decline. That was the beginning of her first stroke. And when I returned to the house some days later, I found all these notes taped to the mirror in the bathroom, taped to the light switch in the kitchen, 
and on this oximeter box, telling me not to touch them, that they had COVID and that she didn't want me to get sick. Somehow the confusion from her strokes had made her think that she had COVID. All the signs and notes were her way of protecting me. Even when she was thrust into her own health crisis. That's really the part that gets me. That's the part that makes me want to cry. Because behind each one of those notes was a mother trying to protect her child. Even when she was going through a crisis herself. Her motherly instinct was so strong and surprisingly intact that even a stroke couldn't crush it. I cry because no one will love me the way my mom has, and I'm profoundly blessed to have had an amazing, loving relationship with my mom. She has let me know to my core that I am the most important person in the world to her, Even in advanced dementia, she is trying to communicate that to me. When I go to visit her and she catches the first sort of glance of me enter the room, she just lights up and she smiles, this big, beautiful smile. You know, those smiles that even your eyes are smiling, you know, she gives me those big smiles. And while she doesn't speak much these days, she will speak up to tell people that I'm her daughter. It's a profound love that we have, and once the grief and sadness subside, the gratitude comes through full force. A wave, it's like a a wave of gratitude starts to come on, sometimes even when I'm still crying. And I'm so intensely grateful that my mom birthed me, mothered me, and helped me become who I am today. And this oximeter box is a gift for the holidays. It's a reminder that I am loved through strokes, dementia, and eventually death. My mother's love withstands it all. Here's a short poem on my mother's smile. I get to see the smile nearly every Sunday when I visit her in the assisted living apartment she now calls home. The aides, nurses, and caregivers talk about her smile. It leaves an impression. It carries through the halls, and then it's lovingly bestowed on me. This poem is called, A Smile Remains. My mom worried her gifts weren't good enough. They always exceeded. She worried she wasn't smart enough. She always thought well. She wondered if I was happy. I had my fair share. She asked if I would forgive her. I had long ago. She wanted to know if she was too much trouble. I told her not at all. And then she smiled. Her smiles outlived every question, every worry, every stammer. Her worries are gone, she can't recall, but her smile remains. They give off light, and I remember.
So during the upcoming holidays, I will have periods of sadness. I will feel her absence as we move along with our holiday traditions, but I won't feel the sadness without also feeling a deep comfort of love and gratitude. Grief and gratitude will walk together. I remind myself that the gift of love means that we grieve when we part ways with our loved ones. But grief can't take away the knowledge that we have been loved. The knowledge that we have loved. Gratitude is the flip side of grief if we can let it in. I hope we can. Are you feeling these twin emotions too? Especially around the holidays, maybe around a loved one? To read more on grief and gratitude, I've linked to a few articles in the show notes that I really liked. Today, instead of journal prompts, I'm going to give you some quotes to reflect on. It's time for some reflection on grief and gratitude and some actions that you can take to explore grief and gratitude in your life. Sometimes we can be afraid to feel the grief. Perhaps we fear that it will swallow us, especially during the holidays when so many family members come to the surface. But if we remember that grief is often tied up with gratitude, it makes things more bearable hopefully more joyful. For we have known love and joy and good times, and grief can't take that away from us if we explore our grateful hearts. I'd like to leave you with these three quotes about the dance that happens between grief and gratitude. This week, I hope you will use them as journal writing prompts. Reflect on these three quotes and write about how grief and gratitude play out in your life. Here are the quotes. The first quote is by Rumi. Grief and gratitude are two sides of the same coin, reminding us that even in loss, there is the currency of love. The second quote is by Leo Tolstoy. Only people who are capable of loving strongly can also suffer great sorrow. But this same necessity of loving serves to counteract their grief and heals them. And the third quote is by Euripides. Come back, even as a shadow, even as a dream. As we venture closer to the holidays, do not be afraid of the sadness you may feel, especially as you mourn the loss of a loved one. Feel how you feel, don't apologize for it, and try to let in the good feelings too. Let some tears be happy ones if possible, and remember to turn up the music as you do your best to get back to the bright side of the beat. Check out my free podcast, head to my website, lettheverseflow.com, or find me on all major podcast apps. I'll be sharing stories, my original poetry, and music playlists that inspire this show. We're in this together. So reach out to me on instagram.com, lettheverseflow, and let me know what you think and what topics you'd like me to cover. You'll also find extras, like how I create this show and what inspires my music selections and poetry. I hope you'll tune in to Let the Verse Flow to hear my reflections from the bright side of the beat.